Over the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to answer your five-year-old if they ask you, how did the baby get in there? So welcome back to Sitting in a Car. I am Sarah Sproul and I sit in a car with you each week answering a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. And this week's answer comes from the growth pillar inside the Evolve Family Method. And the growth pillar is um, a designed to support you to understand how we layer on information over the course of our child growing up from when they're really small to um, into teenage years and beyond. Because ideally, the way these conversations should work is that particularly for something as basic as how our baby's made, our child should never actually really remember how they found out about that. That generally, um, the information should just be part of their everyday life. So um, the growth pillar inside the Evolved Family Method is going to lay out how that works. And um, let's get going. Before I get into detail, I just want to add that the growth pillar um, has lots of uh, strategies for how to layer on information. And it also has nine pyramids um, of specific subject headings. So gender, the world around us, how to manage emotions, um, how babies are made, bodies, all the different sort of related topics. There's lots of topics that make up this um, part of parenting, this parenting around sexuality and bodies and relationships and self-care and consent. So for this episode of Sitting in a Car, we're just going to look at one of those pyramids, uh, which is the Making New Humans pyramid. So what most parents and other adults raising kids will do if they have this situation, a five-year-old asking, how did the baby get in there? They will sometimes freak out. You might have had an experience like that. You're like, deer in headlights. What am I going to say to my five-year-old? You might be particularly concerned with making sure you have the right words um, and not giving them too much information uh, because uh, you don't want to uh, make them afraid. You don't want them to have too much knowledge that the other kids at school don't have. And therefore, you know, because if that happened, then some other parents might get a little bit upset and come and tell you in no uncertain terms that um, they really wish that your child hadn't told their child about sperms and eggs or penises because that is too much information and they wanted to have that conversation at home. Right, so if your five-year-old is asking a question like this, that may be where your mind goes. And it makes absolute sense that that's what you might be doing and thinking because very few of us have had um, really useful uh, role models when it comes to this part of our parenting. Uh, our families that, we, that raised us ha may have been so loving and so good at lots of different parts um, of bringing us into adulthood, but they were just doing the best they could with the information and skills they had. And when we were growing up, it was sort of like, well, you didn't really say much to kids about this sort of thing. You waited till they were a bit older. That was the norm. And, you know, it's logical. The world was a different place back then. So um, when we follow sort of this behavior pattern of 
maybe freezing or feeling particularly awkward, um, wondering if we're going to say the right words. In fact, maybe we, we just sort of redirect our child so we don't have to answer the question right then. It is a sign that the courageous tongue-tied parenting effect is in play. And, um, and that effect will make you feel like um, you have to get it exactly right. And there'll be a lot of pressure and concern. Um, you may feel like you don't have the skills and the knowledge to be able to do this right. And um, see, these feelings aren't wrong, but you'll notice that these feelings don't support you to um, give your child the information that they need and really seize this chance to show up as um, the adult who answers questions about this sort of thing. So let's work out how to leave the courageous tongue-tied parent effect behind and move into skills and knowledge that will help us build our evolved communicating family, which allows us to create connection with our growing kids, lasting connection, um, by talking about sensitive things in a way that feels comfortable and easy for everyone involved. Point one, a kid who's five and is asking how baby a baby got into a uterus or into a tummy is absolutely ready to hear um, detail about how that baby was conceived. So you can say something as simple as, well, all humans have to grow in a uterus. There is nowhere else that they can grow. And um, we need two parts to make a new human. That's one part is called a sperm and one part is called an egg or an ovum, if you, if you prefer to use that word. Now, some of you might be saying, okay, well, you make that sound really simple, Sarah, but what if my five-year-old says, but uh, where do sperms and ovums come from or eggs come from? And then you can simply say, well, um, eggs are kept in ovaries and um, sperms are made in testicles. And then some of you at the back might say, okay, okay, but my kid has said, but how did the sperms get to the eggs or where, where are testicles and, and the stories go on? So then you can say, well, there are three different ways sperms and eggs come together. The first way is with a special scientist who puts sperms and eggs together in, in a special little container and then puts that into the uterus. Sometimes a special doctor will put sperms into a uterus to find an egg. And sometimes the person who is growing the sperm can put the sperm into the uterus using their penis, right? And a child may go, oh, that's weird, and then go off and play. Or um, a child might go, I don't understand how that works. And you can say, that's okay. It's something that adults do and you don't need to worry about it till you're much older. And oftentimes that is enough information. Someone actually sent a message and a question to me the other day saying that their five-year-old wanted to see a picture because they didn't understand what was going on. And you will find actually as bizarre as it might seem, there are books out there that are really good at portraying this part of being human. There's a really great book by Rachel Greener called Making a Baby and that has um, some diagrams, cartoon diagrams, completely like child-friendly that can help super inquisitive kids. And to be honest, really um, books like that can be part of our everyday family bookshelf. So don't um, feel worried or unsure about whether those sort of resources are useful. They're absolutely useful. 
and can really help inquisitive children to get a sense of what is actually going on to make a new human. Point two, if your child has already asked you and you weren't in the brain space to actually ask the question, uh, answer the question, um, you can say things like, um, I'm just going to make sure I have all the information for you and I'll get back to you and make sure you get back to that. And that's super important. And the way you start um, the sentence when you're trying to resurrect that conversation is something like this. I was thinking about that really great question you asked the other day about how babies get into tummies or into uteruses. And um, I've thought of a few different things that might be interesting for you. And then you go off and you say all that I've said in point one. So it's very much about um, giving information in ways that are super matter of fact and um, answering your kids' questions and not being afraid of giving too much information because anything to do with um, how babies are made and sperms and eggs getting together and that everything grows inside a uterus is absolutely reasonable to talk about with a five-year-old. Point number three, just because your child has asked and you have answered them doesn't necessarily mean they are going to remember and this is really important. So pay attention. Just like when we teach our kids table manners and we're having to say, uh, keep your peas on the spoon, keep your peas on the spoon, keep your peas on the spoon, or don't pick up your soup bowl and drink from the bowl, or um, please don't throw potato at your sister. Like we're doing those things over and over and over again. Uh, we also need to have conversations about how new humans are made over and over and over again. I was one of the kids that was told a lot of information when I was six. My mom was pregnant with my brother. My mom's a nurse. So she was able to have conversations um, and just spoke very openly to me when I was asking, you know, how does that baby get in there? I don't understand. But when I was nine, I had a conversation with my friend Libby. We were out the front of the house playing. Libby was 10. I was nine. And Libby said to me, do you know how um, sperms and eggs get together to make babies? And I was like, um, I think they fly through the air and Libby was like, no, a penis puts the sperm in the vagina. And I was sort of like, I did not know that. Why didn't I know that? I felt a little bit embarrassed that I didn't know that. Right. But I had been told. And so the moral of that story is we need to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. So just because you are having a new baby in our fam, your family and, um, uh, your child might be asking questions or maybe not as well, doesn't mean that you shouldn't also keep having those conversations about that after, um, after that pregnancy is over. So keep in mind that repetition is a super important way to have conversations with kids so they actually remember the information. So to go back to that first principle, children as they grow up should somehow just always know that Babies are made with sperms and eggs in uteruses, and there are different ways that sperms and eggs can come together. Um, the only reason that most of us um, have a very clear memory of a talk is because usually the talks were one sit-down conversation or maybe one really awkward conversation being given a book or um, because those conversations happen too late. And so we had already developed this idea that, well, nobody's talking about this stuff. So I'm going to make up an idea in my head about how babies are made. And children will do that. 
if there is a lack of information, they're going to just make something up. Okay, so you've just learnt what to do if your five-year-old asks you, how did the baby get in there? And I've given you some words and some phrases to use and reassurance that they are at absolutely the right age to hear that information. But this, these sort of tips won't do you much good if you are battling a feeling of awkwardness and unsureness and you just physically can't get the words out of your mouth. There's too much um, programming from your past telling you that this is too dangerous to have this conversation. Children should not have this information, right? So keep in mind that it's not just about understanding the words to use and that it's okay to talk about it. We have to um, learn the skills to manage our nervous system and the fact that it's telling, sending us signals that this is a dangerous thing to do. Um, and we have to learn how to manage emotions in our children as well, because that may also come up. So if you would like to get uh, some more support about this part of parenting, uh, I have a free resource that you can sign up for. It's uh, sarahsprowell.com forward slash explain. Uh, when you go to sarahsprowell.com forward slash explain, you'll find a resource there called You Can Explain What Sex Actually Is. And it's 15 minutes, very short, easy to follow um, instructions in a video like this, but also written down that you can watch over and over again. And it's well worth the time to uh, get that resource because um, it's not, you don't need to be embarrassed about needing help to do this stuff. We're all in various need of certain types of help. We might need help with um, feeding our kids balanced meals or making sure they get enough exercise or um, maybe they're having difficulty making friends and so we get help with that. This is just another part of parenting and you are not on your own. And this is sitting in a car for another week where I've answered a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. Bye for now.